Hello, all of you fabulous More to Life subscribers and listeners. I want to start off our time together with a bit of sad news. Last More to Life, which was number 36, we had some technical difficulties. Translate that as I don't always know what I'm doing and I try new things and sometimes those things fail. <laughs> so I tried to record our session last time live and miserably, miserably failed. With that said, hopefully what I'm going to be able to do is summarize and deliver to you a version of what occurred last time. So this is More to Life MTL number 36 take two. And it is a part of our series titled Shift Happens. Love that title. Hope you do too. Shift Happens. And this talk is titled In the Middle. In the Middle. Now, this talk is in response to a lot of people asking me to speak about family dynamics, disagreements, disputes, arguments, how to handle that within the family as well as just a response to our current political, socio-economical climate. The things that are happening right now. Um, I've noticed a lot of people turning off the news. I've noticed a lot of family members not speaking to one another. I've just seen and heard a lot. And so I wanted to kind of talk about how we encounter people who have different points of view. So take this and apply it across every facet of your life, right? Don't get locked into one, but truly take it as an approach to all of the people you meet and greet and converse and live with in your story, okay? Now, all of this came from a definition that I threw up a while ago it said that a point of view is a view from a very particular point. Definition by Phil, right? It all depends on where you're standing at the time. Now, back in October, my family and I, we rented an RV. We did the RV trip thing for a few days. And we visited this place called Bishop's Castle in Colorado. It's near Colorado Springs, I think. If you haven't been there, go there. If you haven't checked it out, look it up online. I do know that I received a message on Facebook this morning letting me know that indeed at the gift shop and small cabin there has been a fire recently, like yesterday. Um, so it is closed for a while, but hop online, check it out. It's worth your time. It's worth a visit. This is a castle that was entirely built by one man. He's handled almost every rock in this castle like at least six times before it finally found its settling place. The tallest point of this castle is 165 feet high, equivalent uh, to like a 16-story building or something. Crazy walkways, crazy dangerous, <laughs> and amazing, all wrapped up into one. Now, we went there, and every picture we took, uh, my, my face was like a forced smile in all of those pictures. I was pretty concerned. We have three boys and there was a lot of crouching going on at the high places because of how windy it was and how unstable it felt and how shaky it felt. You know, when you're used to like normal standards of safety, this place doesn't quite line up. 
And my oldest son, Silas, who is 15, every picture he is in, he has this giddy smile on his face looking back because he thought it was so exhilarating. Exhilarating because he got to kind of risk his life. And he also loved to look back and watch my face watch him as he risked his life, right? So that's pretty much like every picture. But that entire place has so many nooks and crannies, so many interesting points of view. One location, so many points of view. You know, when you pull up, you're like, this place is an amazing castle, an amazing feat, an amazing structure. Oh my gosh. And then if you're like me, you stand on it and you start thinking, this thing is a death trap. I'm getting ulcers, heart palpitations as I'm standing and on it and, and climbing these stairs and turning the corner, you know, and my sons are still, oh, this is so fun. And this is such an amazing place to explore. Again, it all depends on where you're standing. And it also depends on where you've come from, what your back story is, I think. I want you to close your eyes just for a moment. I want to try a little experiment with you. I want you to picture a person. Imagine a person. Dream up someone in your mind and how they look, who they are. Now, this person is a bright person, very studious, well-educated. This person is extremely successful. This person has an extraordinary family one that's connected. This person also has an outstanding local reputation. Is very well known and respected. So picture that person. Now, I want you to open your eyes. And I want you to realize that all of us pictured someone different. <laughs> yeah, like we all had someone different. Based on who it is we are, we came up with someone. You know, like we all had a different version going on in our minds. Because of who we are, that person's sex, that person's age, ethnicity, appearance, occupation, education, family, uh, success, all of it looked so so very different. And I guess my question is, what causes that? How did we all hear the exact same thing yet come up with entirely different pictures? Why do we have such different points of view? How is it that we can see things so differently from one person to the next? Now in the live version of MTL 36, you know, shift happens in the middle. I asked everyone to offer up to me those reasons. Tell me a little bit about that. Why is it? Let's write these up. Let's get these on the whiteboard. And we had such a good list going. I should have taken a picture and published it on Facebook so you guys could have seen it. But everything from our experiences to the loops that play in our minds to our upbringings, to the responsibilities we feel we have and those we actually do, to our education, so many layers that explain why it is we see the way we do. 
Here's what I definitely know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Shift happens. It does. It completely does. None of us are immune to it. We've all seen from a certain place a very particular view based on everything we've just mentioned. That's how we got there. And at the same time, we've also encountered someone who didn't see what we saw. In fact, they saw something else and they saw it from a different place. Do you remember the first time you encountered that? The first time you came face to face with another human being that said, huh, what? Well, that's not at all how I see it. I, I don't see that at all. And you were kind of just mind blown because it seems so obvious, right? You had always seen it that way. You would never imagine there was another way to see it. And yet this person saw it differently. And so you asked questions. You're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait. How is it that you, so, so wait a minute, what do you see? Wait, I don't get it. Why? You know, and you had all of these questions bubble up to the surface. And probably the first time it happened, since it wasn't some kind of deep core belief that you felt like all passionate about, the first time it probably happened, you had this experience that I'm going to label as genuine curiosity. Genuine curiosity overtook you. And you ask these questions, questions that weren't just about what this person saw, but like how this person came to see the way they see. Genuine curiosity is this space in the middle. If you imagine there's two points of view and they're far apart, but there is a middle space and that middle space is what I'm calling genuine curiosity. And lots of times we can move to that space and ask questions that aren't only about the view itself, but they go a little bit deeper into some of those layers that I mentioned before, the layers that we wrote up on the whiteboard, the layers that explain some depth and some history and some context. I encountered this man named Suleiman in Israel when I lived there for four months. I grew up in a pretty um, conservative church growing up and my church loved Israel and supported Israel um, kind of in a manner that didn't ask any questions. And that's probably why I ended up traveling to Israel. But honestly, that point of view had just almost been inherited or kind of passed on to me. And when I was in Israel, I befriended this shopkeeper who was Palestinian named Suleiman. We became very close friends. And I had some questions for Suleiman. And we got to know each other. And I went over to his house and met his family. And we hung out. And it was very enlightening and a breath of fresh air to me. Now, here's what I would say. When you encounter someone with a different point of view, there's probably three possible outcomes. The first being you encounter them and you decide that you liked where you were standing. You liked how you saw things. 
And so that's where you end up. That's where you return to. The second one is you leave from that place and you actually stand in this new view. You move all the way to where it is, wherever it might be, because that point of view clicks with you. Something about it engages your heart and you understand more now somehow, or you see things differently. And that's the place from which you choose now to stand. Or there could be a third possible outcome, which is what happened with me when I met Suleiman. I met Suleiman and I didn't quite see things the way that he saw them. Though I am so grateful to him for opening up his story and his heart. I could not go back to the way I had previously seen things. So I found myself in the middle space from that point forward. I no longer just kind of entered that space to kind of stay there with this genuine curiosity and have a conversation with this person I didn't know. This is now where I chose to be and see from because I couldn't quite go all of this direction and I couldn't quite go back. Now I found myself in this middle space between these two points of view. And there were all of these points that I could have landed in there. But I did pick one, and, and, and that's kind of where I stand now. I hope that makes sense. Three possible outcomes. Staying at your current point of view, shifting to that other point of view that you've encountered, or finding some space in between. There in the middle. Now, I'm going to simply say it again. You know, last time we talked about this idea of not heavy, not light, right? Not heavy, not light, but living a balanced life in the middle. Tonight, what I'm talking about is shift happens, but we get to choose how and we get to choose where. And I would say that shift happens with genuine curiosity and genuine curiosity is in the middle lots of times when you encounter someone with a different point of view you don't go to that middle space i've met people who won't go there at all and they just remain lock locked like solid like permanent at their point of view almost a refusal to meet or listen or anything simply because they don't agree with the other point of view so they will completely stand firm where it is they are and how they see things. Once upon a time, I was in charge of hiring speakers for this community. And I found this amazing speaker and I thought he was awesome because he had some fresh, different perspective. You know, things that we didn't tend to hear a lot. And so I invited him to come and speak and he agreed. And before this man came, I had another person invite me out to lunch and they simply said, Phil, I want you to uninvite that speaker. And I said, why, why? I don't understand. And he said, well, I don't agree with him. And I was like, that's okay. You don't have to agree with everybody in life. No, I don't agree with him. And I think the things he speaks about are wrong. I don't want other people to hear those things. And I just really don't agree with us supporting him or listening to him. And it broke my heart. Because at the end of the day, I feel like we're all human beings and we want to be heard. We want to be understood. 
We want to be known. And I personally am not afraid to listen to someone, you know, and to enter into that middle space and to ask questions about how it is they see things and how they came to see those things and, and, and some of their history and their story. And then I can simply decide, you know, do I want to return back to my point of view? Do I want to exchange my point of view for this person's point of view? Or do I want to find some place in the middle? I think we all deserve that, like, acknowledgement of our human dignity and, and our story um, to be listened to, you know, and to kind of walk into that middle space with open arms rather than arms up saying like, nope, not going to come there. I'm going to stay firmly over here. There's this song by Khalid. It's called Young, Dumb and Broke. And there's a couple of lines in there that just came to mind. And there's some of my favorites. They say, uh, we have so much in common. We argue all the time. You always say I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Now, a lot of times when people refuse to go to that middle space, they are just believing that there is a clear right and wrong here and they're over and done listening. No more middle ground. No more listening. I would encourage you to try and step past that a little bit. Sometimes we get really defensive though. And we act like we're entering into the middle space, but we're not really listening. We, we kind of put up the front like we're listening, but we're only listening with an agenda, right? We're listening, and meanwhile, we're devising some plan in our head to poke holes through everything we're hearing. Or we're listening to then ask questions that will somehow try to undermine the logic of what we just listened to. So we're not really in the middle. We're, we're still pretty much on the edge, you know? And it's all about proving our point of view is right or proving that their point of view is wrong. And that gets us off to such a bad start with people. Genuine curiosity in that middle space is less about persuading, improving, and just communicating just sharing and just asking questions and learning from one another. That's all it really is. Without the fear of, of losing people to our point of view, to their point of view, right? It's not really what it's about. How do we greet encounters with others who share a different point of view. I would encourage you and nudge you to greet them with genuine curiosity. Questions that are true to their person, true listening, and that happens in this middle space. And you can always return back to your point of view or to a middle space or even step over to their point of view. It's all about acknowledging someone else's story. It's agreeing to disagree in the best sort of way sometimes. 
a lot of times I've heard that phrase used and I think it just means, oh, we're just going to be pissed at each other forever. But I have a friend that I met in college. His name is Justin. We come from, I would say, different backgrounds. And we quickly bonded over music and then we became roommates uh, our sophomore year. And to this date, I would consider Justin one of my closest best friends. And we both share entirely different views on politics, religion, family values, and so much else. And looking back, I've always tried to examine and figure out why is it that we can still love each other so well, you know? Because a lot of times, honestly, the relationships that are very close to you are some of the hardest to navigate with different points of view. I don't know if any of you have ever experienced that, but sometimes you're so close, you feel like, how in the world can you see differently than I do, right? No, I get it. That person is so different than me. I get it. They have a different point of view, but this person feels so close to my heart. And Justin and I are close like that. And we're just able to allow the other person the space to see things differently. And when we talk, it's never malicious. It's never in an effort to persuade the other person to change how they see. It's always with that genuine curiosity to really just know the other and how they do see. And honestly, I, I almost walk away, almost always walk away feeling like blessed by the conversation, if that makes sense. It's like, man, I know him so much more and I know so much more about other people. I don't, I don't necessarily agree, but for some reason, we're closer. I love that middle space because when we enter into it, even when we go back to our different points of view, we somehow seem closer, not farther away. And right now, I feel like in families and relationships, politically, the space between seems to be growing greater and greater. And I believe that when shift happens, if we can continue to choose the middle ground, when we can continue to choose to enter into that middle space and experience genuine curiosity, that the space between us will seem less and less and less, even though we share different points of view. So that's all I have for you. MTL 36, take two, shift happens in the middle. Until next time.